Welcome to the Youth Ministry in Motion podcast, the show designed to keep youth workers motivated and youth ministries moving forward. Now, here's your host, blogger, speaker, and lover of nerd stuff, Paul Turner. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Youth Ministry in Motion podcast. Uh, welcome in. Welcome in, everybody. I want to thank you guys for being here today. This is, uh, I want to say, our 10th podcast of the year, and I am so grateful and uh, awesomely appreciative of you being a part of this podcast and taking the time to listen today. And as you can see about the topic today, we're talking about failures and feeling like a failure. I'm working with... Uh, I'm working with a group of guys right now, our 16 and 16 program that I developed uh, early or late last year, uh, is a bunch of youth pastors who have gotten together and says, look, I want to grow by 16 students in uh, 2016, and that is my goal is to help them as well as a goal for my own youth ministry. That's kind of what I'm working on. And, uh, and of course, it comes with its challenges. And uh, I asked them a question. Uh, actually, I gave them choices of several questions that they could be... Um, uh, they could answer, and one of them was, what are you most afraid of? And the answer, uh, almost uh, unanimously, uh, the question they chose and what they were afraid of was uh, the fear of failure. And um, I'll tell you, I, uh, I hate failure. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Um, and I think that's why I work so hard on the front end of every program in our youth ministry on this podcast, uh, on my YouTube channel, on my blog. Why I work so hard up front is because I don't like failure. I don't like the sting of failure. I don't feel, I don't want to feel like a failure. And so I work really, really hard for that not to happen. Um, and there's some other people, you know, in the world who have tried many, many things, um, and uh, it didn't fare so well for them. So I'm going to go over just a few products that you may or may not remember um, of people who uh, tried to uh, do something different. And there's nothing wrong. By the way, I want to say this. Failure, uh, once you fail, you know, it's, it's over with. You can't do anything about that. Um, and so when you, when you fail, you know, hate failure up front, but love it later as a friend, uh, because you learn from those failures. You learn from those things. Now, uh, these companies here uh, tried a few things. Let me just list a few of them, uh, see if you remember these. I don't remember some of these, but some of them I do. Uh, the first one is Smith & Wesson Mountain Bikes. That's right, Smith & Wesson Mountain Bikes. The, the company who makes guns thought it was a good m- match uh, that gun owners, people who bought their uh, bought their bikes, uh, bought their guns, would also like a bike. And I don't I don't know if you know people who uh, enjoy you know riding bikes and shooting guns at the same time. They they might they might not. <laughs> but I thought it was. But think of the con- now look if the guns were like built into the bike, I could see that being kind of cool, like in the handlebars, almost very James Bond like. I would totally get into that. Totally get into that. Of course, it'd be incredibly dangerous because you know when I would try to brake, um, I'm afraid that somebody would get hurt. So that would that would definitely be a detriment to to why that might not work. Um, <laughs> some of the other some of the products here, like uh, Cosmopolitan, the magazine actually tried to make yogurt. Yogurt. Why why Cosmopolitan, the magazine thinks that making yogurt now obviously their readership you know, has a lot of women and things like that and thought, well, we can, we can simply make a yogurt and people will read that, read about it in the magazine and people will go out and buy it. But, um, um, you know, it didn't, it didn't work out for them. 
some other products. Uh, Lifesavers Soda. Now, conceptually, this this pro- somebody said this was a good idea. Somebody in a boardroom somewhere said, "Yes, life. Let's turn Lifesavers into a soda." And I don't. I maybe I've had one. I think I have. And I don't think I was a fan of it. Um, I just think that Lifesavers. You're used to a certain form of a Lifesaver. And when you try to translate out of that, uh, it tends not to be so great. Lifesaver soda, not on my list uh, of things uh, that I would I would choose to buy. So, but that didn't that didn't work real well. It's lifesavers, things that you keep in your pocket and put in your mouth and uh, suck on them until they're gone. And that's that's what lifesavers are. They're not drinks, people. They're not. A um, couple of others um, that we have here: cocaine energy drink. First of all. Uh, I think it was a failure the minute they came up with the name because they were basically marketing. They are marketing it as a replacement for the actual drug for street drugs. So it's saying, look, if you don't if you don't want to buy an illegal drug called cocaine, then the, then buy a legal drink called cocaine, which will have the same effects. Which was basically, I guess, uh, like an energy drink, a high energy drink. And that didn't last too long. So, um, you know, I, that's something you don't want to serve in your in your youth room. Yes, I'd like a can of cocaine, please, overheard by every parent everywhere. So I don't think that would work. Um, let's see, some other ones. Uh, Colgate kitchen entrees. Yes, the, uh, the kitchen entrees. Um, by a by a toothpaste company. That, I think that speaks for itself. I think that's just that's just dumb. Don't that's not good. I'm glad that didn't last. That that's the DeLorean car. Now you say I know Paul, which you uh, I know what you're thinking out there, but the DeLorean car is iconic. It is, but it was not a very good car. People did not buy it. You know, John DeLorean had let quit General Motors to go and start his own company, came up with this car. Well, a couple of years in, it it just failed. It didn't work. But of course, we do remember the DeLorean because it was the car from Back to the Future. So that's kind of mixed reviews there. That's kind of a mixed bag there. Yes, it was a failure as a car in the sense of people driving these things around the town, uh, but not a failure as far as its iconic brand. So I'm a little mixed on that one. Um let me just a couple more here. Pepsi AM and Crystal Pepsi. Now, I'm not a, I don't drink sodas anymore. I just don't. Uh, but I was a Coke man, I would say. Not a cocaine man, a Coke man. And um, and so Pepsi AM and Crystal Pepsi, both failures um, in that regard. I don't know if you drank any. Please, please feel free to leave me a comment whether you drank those and whether they were any good because I don't know. Um, Frito-Lay Lemonade. That sounds not good at all. It's a potato chip. You can't you can't make. I wonder if they made them out of the chips, like they ground them up or something. But they tried to uh, make a lemonade. That that doesn't work too well. <laughs> Somebody said. Now I I don't know why this failed because I think uh, people in general uh, buy stupid products for whatever reason. But there was bottled water for pets. That's right. Bottled water for pets. That was a failed product. I wonder why. Maybe because, you know, dogs and cats don't have, you know, opposing 
thumbs that they can grab the bottle with and drink it on their own, maybe. Uh, but <laughs> some some trendy some trendy per- pay person said somebody's going to buy this bottled water, and I bet you some people did. Uh, it just wasn't um, wasn't uh, a, a brilliant idea, but somebody thought it was Harley Davidson uh, perfume. Man, my slogan for that would be "Smell like you sound." Because if, if I because if, if I'm going to smell like a Harley Davidson motorcycle, I want it the the smell to be like the sound of a Harley Davidson. Just it just revved. It, it just would just be like it'd be awesome. But yeah, nobody bought Harley Davidson uh, perfume, um, so that that was a fail. A um, couple more here. A couple more. Uh, oh, the McDonald's Arch Deluxe. Uh, I don't remember ever having that either. Um, there's, uh, and once again, I don't eat a ton of fast food anymore, but, um, I don't, this doesn't, I'm looking at the picture and it doesn't look very appetizing at all. So I'm not surprised that it didn't, uh, um, I'm not surprised that it failed. It was kind of like an upper class sandwich, a sophisticated, uh, a person's, uh, sandwich of some kind. So, uh, that, that was a failure and, um, let's see. Oh yeah. Last one. New Coke, New Coke. I remember when this came out, I tried it and I didn't like it. When I was drinking Coca-Cola's back in the day, uh, in the 70s, and they tried to, look, you don't mess with the formula. Don't mess with things that already are working really, really well, unless you can guarantee that the new formula is better than the old. But don't confuse people. Don't say New Look, New Coke was just an epic epic failure. And uh, so look, those are some products. And I mean, look, hopefully now you're feeling a little bit better about some of your programs in your youth ministry. Hopefully you're feeling better a little about your own life. Your name is not on any of these products that were launched nationally uh, and was met with absolute uh, despair and grievance and uh, yuck. So you should feel better about that. You should feel really good about that. So but it makes everything everything in perspective, right? And we can learn a few lessons as we move into kind of our, uh, uh, you know, keeping you uh, somewhat motivated part and keep your youth ministry moving forward. But we have to start with a healthy uh, self-esteem. We have to start with where we're at. And, uh, and I read it, uh, you know, we have to, you know, we, let me just say, you're not a failure. I don't care what well, I don't care what you think. You're, you know, we get inside our head too much, and we start thinking these thoughts about failure. And I'm a failure, and this program didn't work, and all these other things. You are not a failure. I don't care if you. I don't care if every program in your ministry dies a horrible, horrible death. You, ma'am and sir, are not a failure. God does not make failures. Okay, so uh, so you are not a failure. But let me let me jump into this as far as a programming, uh, as far as a, uh, your programs and your and but in dealing with those things, every program we know is an extension of ourselves, right? It's something we create. It's something we launch. It's something we desire to our kids to embrace. And sometimes that doesn't happen. And when they don't embrace it, we get sad and we look at ourselves and go, that I'm a terrible person. Uh, what is wrong with me? Uh, and, and we beat ourselves up for far too long. And so it's, um, it's, we have to start with a healthy perspective of ourselves. 
uh, we have to start with dealing with the fact that failure is inevitable in every part of life. It's inevitable. It doesn't matter whether you're, look, it's the like three quarters through the way the, of the first month of the new year. And some of you have made resolutions that you've not stuck with. You didn't go to the gym. You didn't stick on your diet. You didn't read your Bible every day. I, I don't know what your, your deal you made, uh, but the fact is this, you've probably failed at something, but that doesn't mean you're a failure. That means you're you're working through your humanity here and trying to figure it out. Um, but let me give you a few points because, like I said, you have to start with how you deal with the failure itself. That even if it's repeated failure, you have to work through a process of dealing with that. And let me let me offer a few things from an article by John Maxwell. How do you become a successful failure? And by the way, all these will be in the notes. Uh, we'll have some notes on this as well. And by the way, let me just say this. If you're if you're a listener of this podcast, but not a member of the Fresh Impact newsletter that I have, uh, you need to be a part of that because I send out the show notes and 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 many times with the notes, I do some special uh, um, worksheets and things like that for you to work through. And uh, in this particular issue, in this particular episode, and uh, the next uh, issue I send out of the Fresh Impact Network, net, uh, newsletter next week, um, I have a failure worksheet with some key questions you need to ask. And then I also have eight key qualities of a leader that gets things done. And I'm going to send that out uh, because uh, one way to one way to deal with failure is to get good at not failing. Um, <laughs> you know, and part of this is the eight qualities of getting things done uh, in the in the front end of the things that we plan and program and those things, getting ahead of those things uh, deals a lot with, and at least that's where I focus. And that's where I believe that I win. Uh, because I, I think I'm going to win at everything, right? I think this program is going to be great, all this, but I have learned that I got to do the work up front, and I'm going to give you the eight keys of a leader that gets things done, in my opinion, and from my own experience, of why I deal with failure less and less, is because I, I do my best to take care of things on the front end and make this a discipline of my life to where I experience failure less and less. Now, as I get older and those things, I have to do things bigger. I have to launch out uh, and do things that God asks me to do, even when I, I don't want to do them, because I know they're they're good, they're righteous, they're, they're big dreams and big goals. Listen, when I started the 16 and 16 program for this year, I had no idea if anybody was going to sign up for it. No idea. No idea what kind of group I'd have. But you know what? I got a fantastic group of people that signed up for it. I put it out there. And you know what? Is it a success? Yeah, I think so. And so we go with that. So let me just go back to the article here. I just want to make sure you go sign up for the the Fresh Impact newsletter so you will get the free notes and get the free um, uh, worksheets and the extra notes that you're going to get in that. And you go to the discipleproject.net and you can sign up there. Just go to the newsletter uh, page there and just put your email in. That's it. Uh, your email, I think, in your name. And that's it. And that's all you got to do is sign up for the Fresh Impact newsletter. And I have been faithful thus far to send out something once a week. So go do that and you'll get the notes. Okay. All right. So some of the things that John Maxwell says, how do you become a successful failure? Let me give you, he gives uh, three, four, four things that he gives here. And one is optimism. Find the benefit in every bad experience. Why don't you take a look? Listen, look at your last failed uh, program, Bible study, experiment, something you did uh, that with your youth ministry or even in your own personal life and begin to pick apart. Yes, you can point at all the terrible things you didn't do, but why not look at the things that you did do right? Be optimistic. Find the benefit in every bad experience. The second thing is a responsibility. 
that we have to change our response to failure by accepting responsibility. And you know what? With every failure, we just can't, we can't make excuses. You know, as youth pastors, uh, you know what? I would often make excuses. I would say things like, well, if I had a bigger budget, if I had uh, a bigger youth room, if I had um, more leaders, if I had, and look, those are all reasons. But at the end of the day, if we fail at something, no matter what may have been the contributing factors to that, we have to have the responsibility to say, look, that is on me. It's not the kid's fault, right? I, I'm terrible at this, and I'm going to make a, a confession that I would blame the kids. I would blame the kids for my failure because they didn't do what I asked them to do. And I just think that's terrible. I just, I mean, I look and I cringe at that and I go, well, that's not those kids' fault. That's my fault. That's my fault for not listening. That's my fault for not doing those eight things up front that I think are seriously important to the success of programs or the success of what I do in life or doing this podcast or anything else. Uh, I don't want this podcast to fail, so I'm going to do the eight things that are going to make it as successful as possible so I can have the most listeners I can get. Um, but I got to be, but if it fails, if I, like example this morning, if I didn't feel like doing it and I just put it off, I said, I'll do it later. You know, I am risking failure of not getting the podcast out. I'm, I'm risking doing all that. And so I have, if it doesn't go, if I don't do something, it's on me. It's not on you guys. It's on my YouTube channel. If I don't have as many viewers, that's not on them. That's on me. And so I have to be responsible. And that's partly what we have to do with failure. We have to be responsible for the part we need to be responsible for and say, I, this is what I should have done. This is my bad. And let me tell you what, when you go before your pastor or your board, the first thing you want to do is own it. If you're going to, I, I do not recommend as one who has experienced this, don't make excuses as to why something failed or you overspent or any of the, the first thing you do in those meetings is you own it. You say, listen, uh, this is my bad. Uh, I did not calculate this correctly. I did not anticipate this. Uh, I did not, there's things I did not do. I did not foresee. And so that is on me, my fault, my bad. Um, the third thing he says is resilience. You know, say goodbye to yesterday. You know, say goodbye to the failure. Say bye-bye failure. Put it on a boat. Send it out to sea. It's never coming back. And you just say, that's it. Goodbye yesterday. And here's some signs he says. He says there's some signs to this that uh, if you're not if you've, if you're not being resilient or some signs that you've not said goodbye to your failures, here's some things that he says as part of your character, as part of things coming out of your mouth or in your mind that are showing you that you've not given it up yet. And one is comparison. You're always comparing. You're always saying, well, but if the church down the street or the church, um, that big church across the way or, um, you know, or that youth group over there, and if you're comparing... Uh, if you're busy comparing, you've not resolved, you've not chosen to be resilient, you're still trying to find, uh, to make excuses. Uh, he also says rationalization. You're rationalizing why your failure is okay. You're saying, uh, look, uh, look, failure, I know we failed. It's because of this. It's because of that. And you rationalize why the failure is okay. And, you know, failure to me, like I said, I hate failure. I hate it. I just don't like it. I don't want the feeling. I don't feel like I've, I feel like I've, if I fail, I've wasted time, money, resources of my church. And I don't like failing. And so I, I do everything I can not to fail. Um, as as we all should. I mean, nobody runs a race to lose, uh, and I don't I don't do this podcast to lose. I don't do my YouTube channel to lose. I want the most viewers, the most listeners. I just do uh, because I, that's what I'm setting out to do. As I equip and as I train those of you that are listening, I, you know, I think this is a, a podcast worthy of your time, and I want to make it worth your time. 
Um, isolation. Uh, he says, if you are putting yourself, if you're not trying anything new because of the fear of failure, in other words, you put yourself in a box and you say, I'm only going to do the safe stuff, then, um, uh, then, you know, then you're, you've not gotten over the failure yet. You're unwilling to try new things and you're unwilling to move forward because you're, you're just not, you're, you're not there yet because you can't get the failure out of your mind. Regret is another one. That's another attitude of, of dealing with this failure, that regret is a part of that. And that you're living with, oh, I should have done this. I should have done that. Oh, if I had only done this, listen, life is moving on with or without us and regret will hold us back. Regret will keep us in an area of life that um, where we're not going to be able to progress and we're not going to grow if we don't do that. And the last one he has says about resilience that keeps us from being resilient is bitterness. Now we're bitter. Now we're blaming people. Well, if the kids would have done what I said, if you know, if the church board would have given me a bigger budget, uh, if my wife would have done this for me, uh, if I would have, and we're just getting bitter at people, we start pointing fingers and blaming, and that is not going to work. Uh, it's not going to help us get over that failure bump uh, to where we can go try new things. And that's the way we have to see ourselves. And so, uh, and then the last thing John Maxwell says is initiative. In other words, take action and face your fears. In other words, you're going to try some new things. You're going to do some new things and you're going to, uh, you're going to be able to um, move forward. You're going to say, look, I, I'm, look, that pass is gone. That ship has sailed. And now it's time to try something new. If that didn't work, I'm trying something new. One thing I've learned from the pastor that I serve under now, uh, he doesn't get, uh, which is, you know, uh, unusual for me because I've worked for pastors that have a total freak out if something doesn't work correctly uh, or if I spent too much money or whatever it is. This pastor says, well, okay, well, if it doesn't work, try something else. I mean, how amazing is that? Do something else. But listen, doing nothing is not an option right? Some people say failure is not an option, but I say failure is an option and should be an option because you're going to fail, but hopefully you'll learn to hate failure so much. You'll do the eight things I'm going to tell you in that, in that worksheet. I'm going to tell you the eight things you have to do to avoid as much failure as possible. Now, listen, life it doesn't matter even if you do the eight things that I'm going to recommend. Uh, you're still going to fail at something. I'm going to fail at something because there's something I'm not going to see. I'm going to have a blind side or um, I'm just, there's something's going to happen. So I'm, 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 I'm okay with that now because if it doesn't work, I just move on. It's just, that's what's going to happen. So let me wrap up this little, this whole teaching session with this. Let me give you four things. Number one, failure is what we do. It's not who we are. You are not a failure. You do fail. I do fail every day, but we are not failures. The Bible tells us that we are more than conquerors through Christ. We are more than conquerors. We're super conquerors. We're in the spirit. We are phenomenally successful. We are sins are forgiven. Uh, we are uh, going to heaven. Uh, we have power of the Holy Spirit. We have fruits. We have gifts. We have a Bible. Uh, we have a church community. We are unbelievably successful in Christ. And that's a mindset. That's something you have to believe. You know, uh, I'm under two delusions, by the way. These are the delusions I live by. Number one, everybody likes me. And number two, uh, everybody wants to do things for me. They want to help me because they understand that I am pitching vision. And I'm going, you know what? People want to help me do this because of my attitude is that, look, I'm not a failure. Uh, failure is something that happens to me, but it's not who I am. It's never who I will be. It's never who you're going to be. You're never going to be a failure. Not in God's. Not in God's eyes. Uh, you may be in man's eyes or your church's eyes or whatever it may be. 
but you're never, ever going to be a failure in God's eyes. So remember that. Number two, when did failure become such a dirty word? Why is so you failed? So what? So enough kids didn't show up. So what? So you spend a little too much money. So what? Listen, I've been, let me just tell you, confession time. I've been fired from two churches, okay? Not because of anything terrible. Uh, in fact, it would have been better if it was something terrible. But because it's like, look, I can understand being fired for doing something terrible, but when you're just not the right fit or you feel like, you know, my effort wasn't good enough, I can remember sitting in the office of one pastor and him telling me I was fired. He says, says, are you okay? I said, no, I'm not okay. I said, it's just another failure because that, that was the second church I was, I had gotten fired from, um, and just because I wasn't the right fit or just because I wasn't progressing or doing whatever it was that I was supposed to be doing. And I was a young man and I was young and I said, and I lived with these failures and it almost defined me. And God saved me from that and showed me that I could be successful and showed me that I could do something for him and how I looked at failure, right? If you look in the Bible, by the way, filled with failures, they all failed at things, but they weren't failures. Bible is filled with people who have failed, but they're not failures. You got to remember that. Uh, the third thing is hate failure. I think I've said this enough, but hate failure. In the beginning, hate failure. Hate it like you hate the devil. But afterwards, embrace it as your best friend. Embrace that failure and say, kiss it, give it a big hug and say, you know what, failure? You're here. I'm here. Let's talk. And then go back to what uh, what John Maxwell was saying. Start with optimism. Find the Find the good that you can take out of that out of that failure and, uh, and be able to work through that because uh, that's going to be a, a plus for you. Um, the last thing is this. Uh, John Wooten said this, success is never final and failure is never fatal. It's courage that counts. Listen, all the successes, whatever success I managed to get, it's never going to be final. There's always growing. There's always doing more. There's always another level. There's always another thing to do. Uh, success is never uh, never final. We're always going to be growing in that. But failure is never fatal. It's not going to kill us. I love what Chuck Pagano said. Chuck Pagano of of um, of the um, uh, the Colts. You know, he was on the hot seat, and they thought he was, he thought he was going to be fired uh, from the Indianapolis Colts football team. And he said, "Look," he was talking to the press and said, "Look." They can, they can fire me, but they can't eat me, <laughs> which I think is a great quote. I'm just going to use it the rest of my life because he had cancer. He understood what, what was really important. He says, look, what are they going to do to me? Fire me? That, if that's the worst they can do to me, that's fine. I've faced cancer. I've done all this. And so in keeping in perspective with this, as we close our little time here of this little teaching, just remember, you're not a failure. You're not, you're not, you're not somebody who's uh, uh, worthless. You're not somebody, Christ didn't die, you know, uh, because we were worthless. I mean, we were in the sense of our sin, but we were valuable enough that he says, I'm willing to die and, and raise from the dead and live on the planet for three years and teach you and, and all those things. Let me tell you what, now those disciples he had, those guys had some failures, but they were not failures. They had failed, but they were not failures. And you can see them when they reached that point, when the Holy Spirit got a hold of them in Acts chapter two, let me tell you what, Peter was a different guy after his failure. So face your failure, deal with it, and then move on to the greater things, the greater works that Christ has for you. All right. So let's talk about, let's get into the nerd portion here, because I like to talk about nerd stuff. 
stuff that I'm nerding out about, not just culturally nerd stuff, not just comic books or video games or stuff like, boy, I wish I had time to play video games. I don't have any time to play them. I wish I did because I'd talk about them then. But the two things that I've been nerding out about lately, things that uh, for me is two things. Number one, um, fasting. And number two, palates. Palettes. The first thing fasting is this, is this year, um, our, you know, I don't know about your church, but we did a, a fast that we begin with and uh, the year with, and it was a seven-day fast. And I got to tell you, I don't know anybody that's a big fan of fasting that says, boy, I love fasting. Please, yes, give me more. I would love to just fast everything. And this year, I, I completely nerded out about it. I, I just said, look, I, I know there's certain things I can do and can't do. Talking about failure. Talk about failure during a fast. Have you ever done that? Because let me tell you something, it is um, unbelievably difficult. So for me, I defined my fast this way. I did what was called a minimalist fast. In other words, I didn't say no to certain foods. I didn't say no to, uh, I mean, I didn't say no to all foods. I said no to certain foods. In other words, I only ate what I needed. I only spent, this is across the board, by the way, this goes from, uh, because consumerism is a thing I deal with, but is food, consumerism, and social media. And be honest with you today, I don't know if you agree with this or not, but the fact is this, uh, that um, I think social media today is the food of, of the Bible when it, it, back when it was written. In other words, I think people would rather give up food than give up their social media or give up their internet or give up those things. So for me, I did a minimalist fast for seven days. I only ate what was required, what was going to sustain me, I didn't overeat. I didn't snack. I didn't do any of those things. And the time that I spent, uh, with the time that I would have spent in overeating and snacking, all those things, I spent that time in prayer. Spent that time reading scripture. I spent that time in other ways. Also with consumerism, rather than like I drive by a store. I'm a big thrift store addict, and I don't think I went to the thrift store, but maybe the last day. Uh, I'm not glad. I, glad I did because I picked up a really cool parallel Bible like for fifty cents. So that was kind of cool, but. But the fact of the matter is this, is that I didn't want to spend any more money than I would have to spend, and I didn't want to be on social media longer than I had to be, just to do what is minimal. And so a minimalist fast, I just kind of picked it apart and just, and it really worked for me. I really, I mean, I was more conscious of the Holy Spirit. I was more conscious of, rather than just dealing with my food, whatever, I was dealing with food, money, and time. The three things that are like, super important to a lot of people. For me, it totally worked. Uh, it really brought about a, a greater um, uh, closeness, I think, with the Lord, because I was just trusting the Lord in three different areas, not just one area. Because it doesn't it doesn't do anything, for my my opinion, it doesn't do anything if you quit all your food, and but you're spending a massive amounts of time online doing things that are just ridiculous. You're watching YouTube videos forever. And a lot of times, we, we do other things to compensate the, for the fact that we don't eat the food. You know, that's spending time. I'm going to do this so I don't think about the food, you know. Uh, But you're spending mega amounts in times of the time that you would use for prayer in watching movies or Netflix or whatever it is, uh, binging binging on Netflix rather than binging on food. And it's really not helping in your walk with Christ because the quitting of food is not the point. The point is that we become conscious of the fact that God is present in our lives. And so it was a good thing for me. So I totally nerded out about that. And the second thing I nerded out about was palates. Palettes. I have got palettes on my brain. I have palettes on my clothes in sawdust because we redid the back wall of our stage in our youth room, and it is gorgeous. I want a big shout out to Brian Gill and a couple of students, Gage and Jacob and 
David, um, and uh, another guy, Paul Wilson, helped on that. And so, anyway, it looks phenomenal. You can watch, see it on my... Uh, I did a little thing on YouTube. Uh, you can check out my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Jedi for Hire. You can watch the video there. There's, that's the latest video that's happening. And also, uh, if you want to see the pictures of it, you can go to my Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Paul W. Turner. If you're not following me there, uh, I would love to connect with you, by the way. So... Be sure to just come over and hang out, okay? Hang out with me. So let me give you uh, a little bit of, that's what I'm nerding out about, by the way, switching segments here. I need to find, I need to come up with a thing where I'm switching segments. I've tried early on, if you listen to the podcast, I did something with, with Lord of the Rings, which I thought was cool, but I need some other ideas. So if you have other ideas about that, would love your, your input, by the way, uh, on that, and that would be wonderful. So please let me know if, how I can switch some segment switchers. That would be great as I move through this. So um, last thing is this, and I want to, uh, this is the motivation part that I want to give you guys. Um, and I read this quote about failure, um, and it is uh, something really to really think about and really kind of chew on, uh, if you will. And so in thinking about this, I, it was from the president, uh, Calvin Coolidge, I believe. And um, he says this. He says, nothing in the world can take the place of persistence. Talent will not Nothing is more uncommon than unsuccessful men with talent. Genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education will not. The world is full of educated derelicts. Persistent and determination alone are omnipotent. And I like that quote because, listen, persistence is what's going to get you past the failure. The breaking point there is you got to get up every day. If you fail in your message, if you fail in your the game you did, it does, it's not going to matter at the end of the day. If you're busy loving kids from Thursday through Tuesday, that by the time Wednesday comes, you're not going to be afraid of that. You're going to get up and you say, you know what? I failed last week. I blew it. I made a mistake. Uh, that didn't go so well. So what? Just own it and go, that's it. But nothing, let me read the quote again. Calvin Coolidge says, nothing in the world can take the place of persistent. Talent will not. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful men with talent. How many talented people you know that quit? They have super uber talents, but they quit. Genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Really super smart people, but if they don't persist, that genius will will add no, no value to their life. Education will not. The world is full of educated derelicts, filled with people who are have degrees out the wazoo, but yet cannot seem to make it. Persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. So guys, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. I hope that you leave with a little bit more motivation. The fact is, the matter is this, is that persistence is going to get it for you. So all the notes, by the way, like I said, are going to be in the, uh, the, 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 the notes are going to be uh, on the uh, SoundCloud portion there. So if you go check that out, but if you want the notes uh, for real in your email, in your box, please go to the discipleproject.net and uh, sign up for the Fresh Impact Newsletter where I will send you the notes. In addition, uh, I would love for you to go ahead and, um, if you will, if you like this podcast, by the way, if you don't, then you feel free to review anyway and say, this is terrible. It's the worst thing you've ever heard. Uh, but I would love for you to review 
I would love for you to just add some stars there, as many as you'd like, uh, or as little as you'd like, and leave me a little review so that other people who will find this podcast, who find it of value and of worth, uh, will find it. If you find it of value and worth, then go ahead and do that so other people can find it. People that are searching for youth ministry podcasts that are different, that are um, unique, that are uh, hopefully uh, you know enjoyable uh, like this one, I hope. I enjoy doing it, so I hope you enjoy listening to it. But that's it for today, guys. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. I hope you enjoyed the information. Uh, feel free to connect with me on social media. At Twitter, uh, at Paul Turner Two T O O, you can catch up with me there, and I'd love to hear from you. So uh, you guys have a fantastic day, and remember, you are not a failure. Failure is something we do; it is not who we are; it is not what God believes about us. So until next time, guys, I will see you guys uh, next week, and uh, you guys have a great weekend. Talk to you guys later. <laughs>